Hello, welcome to the Lewisburg United Methodist Church podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For sermon notes and videos related to this message, please visit lwbumc.com. The scripture today comes from John 3, verses 6 through 8. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone, born of the Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. We're going to remind you this morning that you were born with two parts. You have your body, your physical flesh, that's sort of your tent that you walk around in. And then you were also given spirit, which is within that body. So I want to talk about the body for a minute. I'm just curious who the biggest baby was when they were born. So um, who was at least eight pounds? Any eight pounders? Okay, what were you? Eight what? Oh, wow, we're getting up there. Any nine pounders? Oh, Chloe was, and what were you? Nine pounds, 13 ounces. Whoa, what was Chloe? Nine, eight, okay, so, so far, uh, Miss Julie, you got us, nine, 13. Anybody bigger than nine, 13? Oh my golly, what do you got, Kate? Sam, why did you do that? 10 to one, is that what you said? Is that the biggest baby we had? Okay, to Sam, you you're <laughs> Sam, you are our winner today. You know, you were born with a body. And what's so cool about the body is that God made you intricately. He designed you and he gave you this creation called a body. So imagine if you went to that much work to create your body, how much more it matters to him about your spirit. In our scripture verse, if you don't mind pulling it back up again, Darren, there's this one part that says, do not be surprised that you must be born again. See, when you said yes to God, when you said yes to Jesus somewhere in your life story, Jesus put within you his Holy Spirit. He gave you a piece of who he is. Just to remind you of how that went, remember when the disciples were walking along with Jesus? They got to have him physically in the flesh with them. But the problem was it was time for Jesus to go back to heaven. And so he told the disciples, I can't stay. And they were sad. But he said, but here's the good news. When I go back to be with my father, I'm going to leave behind for you the Holy Spirit, my spirit. And the beautiful thing about that is in that day, Jesus could only be with one person at a time. He could be in Samaria or he could be with the Galilee people. He could be over here or he could be over there, but he couldn't be everywhere he was human. He was in the flesh. So he gave us his Holy Spirit so that you and I still in this day here at Lewisburg Methodist can walk around with his spirit in our hearts. His Holy Spirit can reach all of us. To remind you that you have the Holy Spirit living in you, I love the story of a little boy and he was flying a kite. And the kite had gotten so high, it actually was kind of behind some of the low clouds. And this older man came by and said, son, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm, I'm flying a kite. And the old man kind of joking with him said, how do you know? You can't even see it. What do you, how do you know what's on, that there's something on the end of that string? And the little boy said, because I can feel it. That's how you know the Holy Spirit lives within you. Anybody here 
ever go fishing? Doesn't mean you have to be good at it, but that you like to go fishing? Okay, so when the fish is under the water, you can't see it, but you know you caught one. How do you know you caught it? You feel that little tug. The Holy Spirit is always tugging within us. In fact, this passage of Scripture describes the Holy Spirit as wind. Jesus says the Spirit will blow wherever it pleases. You can't see it all the time, but you can feel the effects of it. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is easy to notice, and sometimes the Holy Spirit is hard to locate within us, although He's always with you. I think one of the reasons it's hard for us sometimes to feel the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives is because our flesh is so much louder. See, your flesh is that selfish part of you, the part that kind of wants to say, can I go first? Can someone please give me a pat on the back? Will you give me some attention? Did anybody recognize what I did for them? That part of our flesh is also the part that wants to do wrong things. It's the part in you and I that acts a little rebellious sometimes. That flesh is always tugging at us. And so in order to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, we have to train our ear and train our heart to notice him. We have six cell phones in our house now, and it is our biggest bill. The problem with our cell phones in the Colombo house is half of them are always lost. And I would love to be one of those moms that could fuss at my kids and go, why did you lose your cell phone? But guess who loses it the most? (laughs) And my keys and my pocketbook and my dog and everything else. So we always are trying to find the cell phone. This morning, I was getting ready to come to church, and I realized, oh, I don't have my cell phone. I should probably take my cell phone. Couldn't find it. So Rudy goes, just be quiet, and let's listen for it, and I'll keep ringing it until you find it. I had to go be quiet in every room because it was, of course, on vibrate, so it just went, that little noise. Finally, in the quietness, before the kids awoke, I could hear it underneath the couch cushion. I think that's kind of how we have to train ourselves to hear spirit because the flesh is just so loud and always calling us to things that are not good for us. I love the way the prophet Ezekiel wrote about what God said about your spirit. God said, I will give you a new heart. I will put in you a new spirit. I will remove the heart of stone. You see that? He's not asking you to do any more work. He's saying, I'll do it for you. I will take out that heart of stone that's not been listening, that's not been leaning into me, that's not been trusting, and I will replace it with myself. And I'll give you something new and fresh and a new spirit. But what do we have to do? We have to be open. We have to say, okay, God, I'm ready. Because I've been carrying around this heart of stone for too long. When Jesus left, he told the disciples this in the Gospel of John. He said, I still have so many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. But when the spirit of my truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You get that? Jesus knew he wasn't done speaking to us. He said, I still have things I want to say to you and to me. You'll have to lean in because my truth lives in you and it's going to be your guide. Isn't it weird how sometimes in life you just know that you know? That little spirit of truth just speaks to you. I think one example is spiritually. Um, Sometimes when you're in church or you're in Bible study or you're in a small group and someone speaks spiritual faith truth over you and your heart goes, yes, that's so true. I needed that. Do you know that that's the work of the Holy Spirit? 
Do you know when you're listening to a song, you're listening to music in your car or here, and, and you kind of feel that movement, those chills that you get sometimes? Did you know that that is the movement of the Holy Spirit living within you? Another way that we just know the spirit of truth lives in us is because when we do live in flesh things, we get convicted. When you and I do that thing that we know is not healthy for us or good for us, or is not going to build up a relationship, or, or we run our mouth, or we get frustrated, or we're impatient, we know that those flesh things, that we will be convicted, that the Holy Spirit will say, you know, that's not my way. You are going your way. Another way the Holy Spirit of truth is living in you is he reminds you when things aren't good, when things are dangerous. One of the instructions that we were given on our mission trip to Belize was do not walk alone. Well, one day, one night, or last night, we got to stay in a hotel. And while we were in the hotel, we got to walk around the little town and visit and see all kinds of fun stuff, but we were not to walk alone. Well, I was just about two blocks from our hotel, and I decided to go back a little early before everybody else that I was with, with my group. And so I went ahead and started walking back. And do you know, not three seconds later, did some man come up right beside me? And I kind of knew in my spirit, this isn't good. But he got me. You know what he said? He goes, hey, you dropped something. So I fell for it. So I'm looking down, trying to get whatever it is that I dropped. And he, he did this line. You ready for this? You dropped that beautiful smile. So (laughs) by this point, I'm already stopped, and I realize my pocketbook is right here, and he's trying to distract me, and he just starts asking the questions. What do you do in West Virginia, and what do you grow, and what's going to happen? And and I'm going, I don't know. I just want to go. And I felt this thing in me that this is dangerous, and so I immediately just ran into whatever building was beside me, went in the lobby, and just told the person at the lobby, I said, I just have to stand here for a minute till I can get rid of this guy. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit reminds us when things are dangerous. You know, life doesn't just happen. God plans and the Spirit guides. I'm thankful, too, while we were in Belize, that we were assigned local people to be our guides, people that knew the lay of the land, people that knew where things are dangerous and knew where things were safe, people that knew how to use the currency and so that you wouldn't get ripped off, people that could help guide us on what was good to eat and what was not good to eat. So thankful that they assigned us folks like that, that even drove us to where we need to be. Without those guides that were local and knew the lay of the land, we would have been lost. We would have been ripped off. We would have been unsafe. We wouldn't have known how to serve. We wouldn't know how to love people where they are because we wouldn't know where to find them. So thankful. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. He walks with you. He lives in you, guiding you. The Holy Spirit uses sometimes warnings, and we don't always listen. You know in Pinocchio, he had that little Jiminy Cricket that would sit on his shoulder. Remember what Jiminy Cricket's role was, was to tell Pinocchio where to go and what not to do and where, what is good and what's not good. Sometimes Pinocchio listened to Jiminy Cricket and sometimes Pinocchio didn't listen to Jiminy Cricket. And that is so how I am. Is that how you are? Sometimes I feel spirit leading me, but sometimes I get impatient or lean on myself or want to do it my way. There was a fella um, that was a park ranger in Yellowstone National Park, and he was given his tour on a hiking tour, and he got so excited about what he was showing and telling and all the stuff he knew and all these amazing paths that his walkie-talkie, his radio, kept coming on from the, um, state, the ranger station, and he was tired of it. 
So you know what he did? He just clicked it off because he's like, I'm right in the middle of guiding. I've got this great plan for us. And he just ignored it. Well, they sent a park ranger out to him in one of those green trucks. And they said, we have been trying to get a hold of you. Why did you turn off your radio? He's like, I'm in the middle of something. They said, we know that a grizzly bear is stalking y'all and you're not paying attention. I wonder if sometimes when we're not leaning into the spirit and listening to what he's telling us, if we're not maybe being stalked by something that we have no idea. Holy Spirit of truth also helps you make decisions. I don't know how this happened even to this day or why it happened, but seven years ago when Rudy and I were still living with our four kiddos in Asheville, we loved it there. We loved our home. We lived on this sweet little lake. We had great neighbors. I had a good, fun ministry job. Rudy was working. We were happy. But I went away um, in November on my spiritual retreat at the monastery, like I always do. And Rudy stayed home in the quietness, sort of, with the four kids. When we got back together after that week, it was the strangest thing. We both said, I don't know what this means, but there's movement. Like, I feel like there's something big coming. Like, there's a change, and I don't know what it is, and he doesn't know what it is. And we said, we're just going to be open to spirit and see what happens. And literally within 30 days, it was all arranged. The house sold, everything within 30 days, and we landed in West Virginia. Even though we were happy where we are, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad the Holy Spirit, for some reason, said, this is where I want you to be for a little while. I think the Holy Spirit does help us in our decision-making, but we have to be open. The Holy Spirit's also the tug in your heart when it's time to do the next loving thing. When you feel like, maybe I should do that for someone. Maybe I should love them in this way. Maybe I should get out of my comfort zone and reach out to this person. Do you know that that's the work and the movement of the Holy Spirit? BG was walking home from work. He works at Cakes and Cones at the ice cream parlor. And he was walking home, and there was this young couple, probably in their 20s. They looked kind of rough and and tired, and they stopped BG and said, we need some help. We're traveling, and we're stuck. And BG said, I don't know what it was, Mom, but I walked all the way back to work and got my tip money out of the tip jar. And I said, just wait a minute. He went and got it and brought it back and gave it to the couple and said, hope this helps. And they said, what's your name? Thanks for helping us. BG said, my name is BG. That boy goes, look at this. He opens his shirt and tattooed on his chest is BG. And BG goes, oh my golly, what do you think that means? I was like, well, I don't know what it means, but I do know that you listened to the Holy Spirit, that you were called to do the next loving thing. You know, the flesh is always speaking to us. So sometimes we don't always want to do the next loving thing. And just as a, um, I don't know, a qualification, just so you know, in my house, even though I'm a pastor, we got a lot of flesh going on. I'm raising four teenagers. There's a lot of flesh of wills and disagreements sometimes and choices that I'm like, that was the worst choice. Like we're living in it. I get it. But I have to trust that spirit is also moving in my family like it is in yours. I want to close with this story to remind you of how to get reconnected with spirit in the midst of living in the flesh. There was a missionary, and he was given this terrible, barely working car to use in his village, and he just had the hardest time with that thing. So he learned that the best way to get that thing started and cranked up is to give, get some of the villagers to push it and get it going. Or he would start parking on a downhill so that he knew he could get some, some um, speed, and then it would come on. 
He did that for two years, and it was frustrating. So when it was time for him to go home for a sabbatical, he was happy to get rid of that car. The next missionary came, and he said, I hate to tell you this, but this is your car, and it is such a mess. You have to push it. You have to park on a hill. You have to leave it running. It's very complicated. So the missionary goes, you know, I'm kind of handy with cars. Flip that hood open and let me just look. Sure enough, he flipped open the hood and he looked in there and there was just one little spark plug that just needed a wiggle and it connected and it made a little snap noise and the car worked. All because it just needed to connect that one little spark plug. You know, we spend way too much time trying to figure it out, trying to paddle and trying to figure out the best way and what should I do? And I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to try harder. And I'm going to, I'm going to sign up and volunteer for this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And maybe we need to do what the missionary did, which is just connect with the spirit who's already living in you. Maybe just quiet down, open up his word, grab a journal, grab a cup of coffee and spend some time with the spark plug. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't leave us here as orphaned children, but that you had a plan, that you would leave in each of our hearts your Holy Spirit to speak truth into our lives, to guide us, to transform us into people that are more like Jesus. Thank you that when we act out in the flesh and we make mistakes and we get really human, you find us a way to get back on track with your maker, your God. For that, we're so thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing together, I hope you'll take some time to connect with Holy Spirit. Hope you'll do that in your, in your place where you're sitting or maybe use the altar to pray for a moment or light a candle and just be open to what the Holy Spirit might like to speak to you.
thank you for being here. Sometimes we think we brought ourselves to church, but I just sort of wonder if Holy Spirit didn't guide you to this place. Thank you for being a part. Thanks for the sweet music. Thank you for tender hearts today to be open to what God said. So may we go trusting that the Holy Spirit, your God, is working in you and he's guiding you. Amen. Um, So yeah, as Bev said, my name is Flo. Um, I just finished my junior year of high school, and I thought I would share about that. Um, So this year I started school with, like, the same friends that I have been with all through high school. Um, And some of them started to get involved in things that weren't um, so life-giving. And I felt myself starting to conform and, like, join these things, like just, like, gossiping, being curious about partying, things like that. And um, eventually I realized that me partaking in these things started pulling me away from God. So um, eventually, probably around the end of the first nine weeks, I ended up giving up these friends and, like, distancing myself from them, Um, which is really hard for me because I've been friends with them for years because I'm in, like, my third year of high school, so I've been friends with them for probably, like, four years. Um, So it was really hard, and I felt, like, lonely at school I felt um like I didn't really have any friends at school and I would go to my classes and eat lunch usually by myself and not like talk to very many people I would usually just like engage in like small talk and stuff but not really having like friendships um and eventually he ended up like he as in God replaced um, those friendships with new ones that really gave me life and that were healthier for me um a few weeks ago, I went to Young Life Camp and met people from the west end of the county and made new friendships with them that are really good. And then I also grew closer to my friends in Huddle. Um, so it's been really cool to see over like the past year how everything's unfolded and to see how like giving up my friends and giving up different things has really helped me grow closer to God. Um, and it's helped me build relationships with people who are also seeking God, which has also helped me grow my faith. Good morning. You want to sit right here? Okay. All right, we've got to sit close because you know what? I'm going to do a magic trick with this paper plate. Make sure. Is it just a paper plate? Yeah. Yeah? You would put food on it, right? And what's this? You want paper clip. It's just a regular paper clip, right? Yeah. Do you think with my eyes and my power that I can make this paper clip move all around this? You think I can do it? Can you do it? You're not moving it yet. All right. Maybe you can do it. <gasps> you had the power. Whoa, look at that. I'm not moving it. There's my hand. You have a magnet on Oh, couldn't trick you, could I? I had a magnet underneath. And even though it's through the paper plate, it still moves it around. What makes it moving around? A metal. It magnet together. That's right. You've got to have something metal and a magnet, and it'll go together like that. You can't really see the force, can you? But you know that it'll attach. You know what? This magnet reminds me of something. The Holy Spirit. You're thinking, how does a magnet remind you of the Holy Spirit? You know, Jesus was here a long time ago on earth. But he knew he couldn't stay here on earth forever. So he told his disciples that one day he would have to leave and go to heaven. 
but he was going to send the Holy Spirit here. And the Holy Spirit is like this magnet, and it's here to guide us through our life. We're going to have good days, and we're going to have bad days. But as long as we have Jesus in our heart, we have the Holy Spirit. And that force, just like this magnet, will guide us through our everyday life. Just like this magnet guides the paper clip all around the paper plate. Pretty cool, huh? Yep, so as long as you love Jesus, you have that Holy Spirit that's going to tell you what to do. I can't do it. You can't do it? No. Okay, you look. Look. Look at it. Look. You got the force now. Look at that. Woo, we all got the force. We all got that Holy Spirit in us. All right, let's say a little prayer, and you can repeat after me, and we'll have everybody else repeat after us too. Ready? All right. Dear God, Thank you for Jesus, and thank you for the Holy Spirit. Help me to remember, as long as I have Jesus in my heart, I will always have the Holy Spirit who will guide me each and every day. I love you. And I know you love me too. Amen. There are people who have let the problems of today lead them to conclude that for them life is not the way. That every problem has an answer. And if yours you cannot find, you should talk it over to him. He'll give you your peace of mind. When you feel your life's too hard, just go have a talk with God. Oh, many of us feel we walk alone without a friend, never communicating with the one who lives within. Forgetting all about the one who never, ever let you down. You can talk to him anytime. He's always around. When you feel your life's too hard, what do you do? Just go have a talk with God. That's known throughout the world Solving the problems of men, of men, women, little boys and girls When you feel your life's too hard Just go have a talk with God When you feel your life's too hard Just go have a talk with God When you're low too much to bear Go talk to God, He cares. One more time. When you feel your life's too hard, just go have a talk with God. Have a talk, have a talk with God. Have a talk with God, yeah. Here we are.
Thank you for listening to this teaching from the Lewisburg United Methodist Church. We pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For additional teaching, resources, and podcasts, as well as who we are and our upcoming events, please visit our website, lwbumc.com.